Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Well, here we are, part three of the series called Breathe. Who has been here for every part of this series so far? Raise your hand. Come on, let me see. Hey, I see who I'm talking to. Who would say this is your first time at Cool Church ever? Just raise your hand. Let me see. I ain't going to call you up. I just want to see. Hi. Hi. How y'all doing? Thank you. I promise you we're not scary. Might be a little weird, but you can't believe in Jesus and not be a little weird. It just is what it is. Just got to take it. Oh, man. So thankful that you are here today. If you have your Bibles, I actually want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. So flip halfway through your Bible, you'll see a book called Matthew. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, to be exact. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. Let me see. Let me get there myself. Who actually has like a physical Bible? Wave it at me. Good. That's awesome. Praise God. Y'all say for real. I see some big Bibles. I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. If y'all could put, <laughs> if y'all put some, put some, uh, some house lights on for me, tech folk. I want to actually like see who I'm talking to, um, today. Who has, who say you ain't got your, your, your physical Bible, but you got your phone. Hold that up. Let me see. Okay. All right. I got you. So, okay. That's cute. Can't cast out a demon with a cell phone. What you gonna do when your battery dies? In the name of, wait. Let me get a charge. Can't do nothing. Get you a Bible. I'm just kidding. If you actually have your phone, um, download the Cool Church app. Who has the Cool Church app? Let me see that. Yeah. There's like over 2,000 people on the app. It's awesome. Um, it's a way to get all my notes. So, so before I even preach, you actually have the entire sermon written out in front of you with some fill in the blanks. So it's really cool. Um, so take notes. And if you old school like me and you have like a, who has like an actual notebook? You're like, no, the app ain't enough for me. Yeah, see, I want you to flip your desk out right now. That's the good thing about being in school. You can flip your desk out and you can start writing uh, those notes down just like that. Doesn't matter what you have. Um, what matters is your intentionality behind being in God's house today. Because what does the word say? If you seek, you shall what? I believe you're going to find everything you're looking for because you decided to come to God's house today. Amen? Amen. And you should take notes, though. The Bible says in Jedediah 57.5 that 99.9% of the folks that take notes shall get to heaven. If you believe that, I got more work to do than I thought. <laughs> notes won't help you get to heaven, but they will point you back to a place in your Bible that may help you when you need it the most. Amen? 1 Corinthians... Chapter 2, verses 9 through 14, reads something like this. This is the words of the Apostle Paul. He says, rather, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I was about to say, that's a real good place to say Amen. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except 
his own spirit within him. So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not words taught to us by human wisdom, but words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned the spirit the spiritual man judges all things but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment that's a great place to say amen for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ amen I love that if you're taking uh, notes on this Pentecost Sunday slash graduation Sunday I've entitled this message this the next level the next level let's pray Father God I thank you for this day for this is the day that you have made God let us rejoice and be glad God before the earth began to spin on this axis you knew each and every human that would be in this room today and Lord, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that you would open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that's always going to be about Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I pray that there's somebody that's come to this place today that's tired of being at the level that they're at. And God, they want to get to the next level in the spirit. So God, I pray that they would graduate today. I pray, God, that you would speak to someone clearly today in their spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would empower them to do what you have called them to do. But Lord, I also pray for the one, the one that needs to hear this word the most. God, I pray that your spirit rest on them. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, everyone said, give Jesus one more shout of praise in this place today. So we are, y'all are still a little dark in here. I need some help. Um, y'all can see me. I can't see y'all. And I got 20-20 vision. Um, we've been in this series called Breathe. And the reason we call it Breathe is because I want you to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit on you has been talked about in a, such a way traditionally as to where there's a lot of taboo surrounding it. People are scared of the Holy Spirit because they lack understanding of the Holy Spirit. Or if they do have some type of understanding of the Holy Spirit, what they have seen in action or what they have been taught has really misconstrued what the word of God has said about his, his spirit. So we have all these misunderstandings about it. And the Holy Spirit is not just something that we see that happens on Pentecost Sunday, which today is, uh, that happens in Acts chapter 2. Um, it's something that has actually been around from the beginning of the book, starting all the way back at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with 
excuse me, that's, <laughs> I was quoting the wrong thing. That's so funny. That's John chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Sorry, sometimes even pastors make mistakes. And the church said, Amen. I'm human. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. The in the beginning I wanted to quote was, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, and God said, let there be light. That word spirit in the Hebrew is ruach, and when you say it, it's supposed to um, mimic the, the, the act of breathing, like ruach, ruach. When, when the Hebrews uh, uh, designated certain words and they came up with certain words, even the way um, that you were supposed to say them um, w was, was supposed to mimic uh, the specific action. So this, this word spirit, uh, ruha, ru ruah, was supposed to mean wind, air, or breath. And the Holy Spirit shouldn't be this crazy mystical supernatural magic that comes on you makes you act uncontrollable and then leaves you no what the bible is trying to tell you is that the holy spirit should be as natural to you as the way you breathe it's a power that you need in you every day for you breathe and you don't even realize you're doing it because it's a natural function of who you are the reason that we're, we're, we're doing this series because I want you to understand that as a believer, the spirit in you should be as natural as your breathing. And if I can be honest with you, with all the things that we've seen on the news, the only answer and the only solace I can truly offer you is the spirit of the most high God that lives within you. It is the one thing that we have that can combat the madness of this world. You can make every law that you want to. You, 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 can, you, can, you can put up structures and rules and governments. You can do everything. But the reality is God has empowered us all individually with the Holy Spirit in order to affect change in this world. The Holy Spirit in you should be as natural as breathing. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit a little differently today in context to this graduation Sunday. Um, it's also Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost is, is a holy day on the Jewish calendar. It comes 50 days after Easter. Every, every year, 50 days after each Easter, which is today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Um, Pentecost traditionally on the Jewish calendar, not on the Christian calendar, was celebrated because it's when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments for the people. It was 50 days after the exodus from Egypt, we know about that story, how God sent the plagues, and the last plague was for the angel of death to come over, the Passover angel, and he killed the firstborn of everything in Egypt, unless there was blood on the doorpost of the Hebrew person. If there was blood on the doorpost, then the angel would pass over, so we get that from, would pass over their home and their child would be protected. All who did not have the blood of the lamb on their doorposts were saved. How many of you know it's still the blood of the lamb that saves us today? That's where we get Passover from. 
But 50 days after that, after the, the, the Hebrew people got out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and they, they got to the mountain and God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, that's why traditionally in the Hebrew calendar we celebrate Pentecost. But on the Christian calendar, the reason we celebrate it, honestly, it's literally like the birthday of the Christian church. So church, happy birthday. <laughs> that's what Pentecost is all about to us. Why? Because in Acts chapter 2, like I read to you during worship, the Bible says that after Jesus ascends to heaven, he dies on the cross, he raises again, he walks the earth for 40 days. And 10 days after the ascension, that makes 50, 10 days after the ascension, this miracle happens. He says, go and wait. Go back to the city of Jerusalem and wait. And they go and they wait in the upper room and they pray. And when they pray, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind comes throughout the house. I'll read it to you. It says, Acts chapter 2, verses uh, starting at verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is what we are celebrating today as uh, if you are a believer in this place. I know not everybody is, but if you are, this is what we are celebrating. When Jesus left the earth, he left us with the third part of the Trinity. There is God the Father, the Creator. There is God the Son. His name is Jesus. He is our Redeemer. And then there is God the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, and he is our Sustainer. The Holy Spirit was meant to sustain us and empower us so that we can perform greater miracles than even Jesus did after Jesus left this earth. Amen? So we're celebrating that today because the Holy Ghost falls on these apostles and they begin to speak in tongues that are not foreign to them. It says, the Bible says that it looked like tongues of fire was on their heads. And I've often joked, what would that look like in 2021? Some of y'all with these lace fronts would not want tongues of fire on your head. You'd be like, Jesus, no, you don't want to pay for this, no! I was getting too serious, man. I had to make y'all laugh. <laughs> I gotta stop that. Cause last time I did that, somebody was like, "Why you be talking about people here like that, Pastor T?" Cause I ain't got none, and I'm petty. That's why. It's always bald people making hair jokes. Um, so we celebrate because this power comes upon us as as believers, and it's chronicled in Acts. A chapter two, but it's like our birthday. I grew up Pentecostal. And if you grew up like me, man, people speaking in tongues, you seen people doing backflip down the aisles, they was doing all kind of craziness, right? And because of that, some of us grew up and was like, yeah, we don't want none of that no more. Or some people really loved it and they're still really into that. I, I want you to understand, when we see the Holy Spirit manifest in people in certain ways, let's not be judgmental about it. Because how the Holy Spirit manifests through somebody is often a reflection of what they've gone through. 
Sometimes I feel like the crazy you acting in the spirit is because you done came through a lot. And you just looking for a way to praise God that words can't describe. So I don't, I don't, I don't judge when I, when I see that. You know, David danced so hard, his clothes fell off. Don't do that in here. <laughs> so I've heard things like, you know, from smart people. You know, because they say, oh, that's Christian stuff. This is, this is weird, man. Y'all believe in speaking in languages that nobody ever heard of. Like, you you know, I heard y'all out there talking about bottle Honda, should have bottle Honda. Like, you, you know, you out there saying all kind of stuff. Some of y'all will get that tomorrow. They say, tongues is foolish. It's a made-up language. To which my response will be, aren't all languages made up? Like, could you imagine Adam in the garden with God? And God says, Adam, your first job, name the animals. God did not tell him what to name the animals. He left it up to him. He looked at something and said, aardvark. <laughs> Hippopotamus. What made him make that sound? God, this is a good one. Platypus, God was like, you had one job, bro. <laughs> Roach. <laughs> All words are made up because they're sounds. They're sounds that, that, that indicate something. And today I'm going I'm to use a literary term that I learned a long time ago in, in middle school. And it, I want you to suspend your disbelief. It's what you have to do when you watch a movie or you read a book. You have to suspend, like when you watch a movie like Spider-Man, we all know that there is nobody swinging around the city with some doggone webs coming around their wrists. But we watch the movie. Why? Because we have suspended our disbelief in order to believe that the facts presented about this character are real in this world that has been presented. Today, I'm going to ask you for a moment as it pertains to tongues. Now, some of y'all, y'all already Holy Ghost feel, tongue-speaking people say, so you're like, yeah, pastor, get them. I've been waiting for this message all year. But then you got folks that have no idea what I'm talking about right now. I'm, just, I, I'm talking to y'all. Suspend your disbelief for a moment. Just for a moment. Like, there's so many crazy things that happen in this world that we don't even question, but when it comes to the things of God, we got all kinds of questions. Just suspend your disbelief for a moment. Let's hold off on our judgment to open ourselves up to this gift that God left for us called the Holy Spirit. Like, because if you want to go to the next level in your faith, you have to have a better understanding of this spiritual gift called speaking in tongues. Just have to. Before we talk about tongues spiritually and practically, though, can I talk about it scientifically? Just to give you some understanding. So first, I'm going I'm to answer three questions. The first is this. What is it? What is speaking in tongues? What is it? Some of you that have been speaking in tongues forever still don't know what it is. 
So let's, let's, let's give a little understanding. Scientifically, the term associated with speaking in tongues is glossolalia. Say that 10 times fast. I love that y'all actually try glossolalia, glossolalia. Glossolalia. Glossolalia means speaking in a language in which is unknown to the person that is speaking it. Glossal, it's a phenomenon when people speak in a language and they have no idea about the language that they are speaking. Paul DeLacy, he's an associate professor of linguistics at Rutgers University, has a theory. And he's had this theory for a while. He says the same cognitive mechanisms or the same brain functions that babies use to make strings of sounds, kinds of like the ones that I'm hearing right now at the furthest ends of the room, could be the same mechanisms that adults are tapping into when they're speaking in glossolalia. So what does that mean? The same brain functions because your child, your babies, as small as they are, they have a brain. And because of neuroplasticity, their brain is forever expanding. They're constantly taking in new information. Because they have a brain, the same cognitive functions that they are using to say goo goo ga 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 ba ga ga ga. Like that. <laughs> That child using their brain. <laughs> are the same cognitive functions, this is a theory, that are used when Christians are speaking in tongues. How interesting is that? What happens is though, early on, we learn that society considers babble as nonsense. We're forcing babies to say, mama, Dad, dad, we've been trying to get our kids to say words when cognitively without us teaching them, they were already born with something that's allowing them to make sounds. But because in society, it is foolish for a 40-year-old man to stand up in here and say, goo goo gaga, I have to say words like the words that I'm using now and I have developed my vernacular over the years to be able to eloquently speak to you the way that I am speaking now. Yes, I got good grades in English. <laughs> that makes sense to you. But if I say Google guy, 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 you're like, yo, what is wrong with him? Because we've learned in society that these sounds that babies make are nonsense and the older that we've gotten, we've learned to refine the sounds that we make. It's interesting because children, their imaginations are through the roof. Children, I love to say this, children are bridge builders. They'll connect with anyone. Children don't hate each other. We teach them how to do that, right? Children say things and we put, like, there's no limits. I want to be astronaut. I want to be a unicorn. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be. And then they hear the adults say, you can't be that. You can't do that. Children from, from birth, their minds are open to, the un to everything in the universe. 
But as we get older, we begin to make sense of things. And as we make sense of things, children are bridge builders, but as they get older, those bridges turn into walls. And imagination becomes limited. When we were born with limitless possibilities. Huh. Could it be that in order to really gain an essence of understanding as it pertains to tongues, that we have to have, that we have to tap into our childlike faith to access the deeper things of the spirit? Some people, oh, I got to be a seasoned saint for 37 years before I can fully understand the spirit. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, come as a child. Could it be that we have forgotten the thing that God put in us? We, we, have, we have learned ourselves out of learning about the spirit. I love this because 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11 says, rather is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. But God has revealed it to us by the spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What am I, what, what is this verse saying? You're going to be hard pressed to go to the next level in your faith without a willingness to access your spirit. You cannot go deeper in God without accessing the spirit of the living God that is living in you. You can't learn it from a class. I can't teach Holy Spirit 101 for 18 weeks and then you'll finally understand what speaking in tongues is all about. The Bible says it is spirit enabled. It is not learned. It does not, it, it, it comes through revelation. Like, I, I remember my mom used to always say this saying growing up. Every time she would go somewhere um, and I asked her as a little kid, Mom, where are you going? She said, Mom, she's from Trinidad. Mom, where are you going? I'm going, Mom. Mom, where are you going? I'm going, Mom. I'm like, you go to Mad a lot. Like, where is Mad? <laughs> One day, I was sitting in college in my dorm room after my parents had just dropped me off and left. And I sat on that bed after they was gone. I was like all emotional and stuff. I was like, oh, man, I'm on my own. I started thinking all the things that my parents said to me my whole life. And I started thinking about my mom saying mad. I was like, wait, she's going mad? She was telling me that I was making her go crazy the whole time. <laughs> it took me till I was 17 years old to get that. It was not taught to me. The revelation came. See, teaching happens over time. Revelation can happen in a moment. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It gives us revelation. It is spirit enabled. You see, the comprehension of the spirit is beyond anything you've heard or imagined. There's no way I could talk about it enough to fully really help you understand and describe what it is. But see, here's the, here's the thing that I've learned. I'm more concerned with accessing the spirit than understanding the spirit. 
Say, well, I'll never know the deep truths of the Spirit. Does it really matter? Because there's things that you long for to access that are way less powerful than the Holy Spirit that you can't live without. And you don't understand them. Electricity. My brother was like, man, I was getting my, my uh, <laughs> well, he was getting his, his box outside his, his house, you know, with, with all the circuit breakers and all that stuff. He was getting a new one on, on the outside of his house. So in order for the electrician to do that, he had to cut all the power off. He was like, that was the most miserable day of my life. He had to call an electrician because he didn't understand electricity enough to put the box in himself. Did he understand it? No, but he was sick when he couldn't access it. I'll give you another example. Got your phone? Everybody hold your phones up. Yeah? Some of y'all acting like y'all ain't got no phone. That's cool. Your your phone uses something called Wi-Fi. If the Wi-Fi or the signal for the internet, if your 5G was down, that would be nothing but a paperweight. Let me ask you, do you truly understand how the internet works? That's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, it's the clout. What does that mean? Can I touch it? How did I take this dumb selfie and send it to my wife? Like, how did the picture, did the picture, like, turn into little particles that went into the cloud, that went through a wire, that turned back into little particles that went into my phone, and she saw it and said, emoji. None of us really understand how the cloud works. But we sick when we can't access it. You don't have to understand something to know that you need to have access to it. Let me tell you something. I don't understand the deepest, most spiritual truths about God, but I can tell you what I'm sick when I can't access it. I need the Holy Spirit in my life and I don't have to know about every intricate detail of the Spirit to know that I'm dead without it. We need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. And the truth is, the more you leave the Spirit out, the less you understand. You think you don't have understanding now? I don't understand. I don't understand the Spirit. So what? You really don't have understanding without the Spirit. Because the Spirit reveals things. It reveals things, not just about God, it reveals things about people. It's called discernment. It's a spiritual gift. Some of y'all walking around and nobody got y'all back. See, the Holy Spirit always got my back. That's why people don't mess with me. That's why people can't trick me, because they like, he knows something, and I don't know how he know. I know how I know, because the Holy Spirit told me. I get a feeling about you. The Holy Spirit discerns things. It shows me things. And do I fully understand it? No. If anybody ever gets up on a stage and tells you that they fully understand the Holy Spirit, I am telling you now, they are lying. Because nobody fully understands the things of God, but they are necessary. We must access them. That's what it is, but why, why do I need it? Why, why, why do I need this Holy Spirit? You're telling me that there's some brain functions in my head that God put in there since birth that maybe I'm not using right now. You're telling me all this stuff and you're telling me that it gives me access to things. Why do I need it? 
1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Here's the why. That we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak. Not words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the spirit. Expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Spiritual truths in spiritual words. We all have the spirit, but let me, let me ask you this. What spirit is operating in you? Spirit of God or spirit of the world? What spirit is operating in you? What this verse is telling us is stop trying to use the world to connect to the spirit. Only the spirit can understand the spirit. Stop trying to use the things of this world. When it, when it speaks about the spirit of the world, what it's talking about? Your flesh. Stop trying to use your flesh to connect with God when only the spirit of God in you can communicate with the spirit of God. Only spirit speaks the spirit. Jesus said flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Why? Because the spirit is fueled by faith. And what does the Bible say? Without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please God. See, spiritual truth what it will give you access to is, is, is power, control, and access to the will of God. Power, I don't know about you, I need more of that. Control, I definitely need more of that. And access to the perfect will of God. Sidebar, I just want to say this because I don't want you to feel bad. You speaking in tongues has no bearing on you getting to heaven. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you are saved. Instant access to heaven. Okay? It does not say that you must speak in tongues to get to heaven. But it is a gift. It is extra. It is icing on the cake. It's not mandatory to open the pearly gates. But here's the beautiful thing about it. It connects you to heaven on earth. Some of y'all are like, oh, I'm going to just do this and I'm going to get to heaven and I don't need tongues. Why wait when you can have heaven on earth? Through the power of the spirit. I want heaven on earth because me having peace in my life, that's heaven on earth. Me having the joy of the Lord that gives me strength, that's heaven on earth. Real love, that's heaven on earth. See, when people see these things begin to manifest in your life, it's evidence of power. And this is what tongues gives us. Tongues gives us evidence of the power. And the truth is, nothing works properly without power. We all need power. I remember growing up, Christmas time, always one of my favorite times. It still is. But I remember as a kid, man, my folks, man, they worked hard to get us Christmas gifts. And, and every year, I used to ask my parents for a remote control car. Because I used to see my brother get a remote control car. And they never used to give it to me. They used to give my brother remote control cars. Yeah, like a turbo hopper. Y'all remember them? Man, I'm dating myself. That thing, man, that thing would fly. It would jump over all kinds of stuff. It was amazing. So one of y'all beg, 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 please. I want a remote control car like TJ. I opened up my present. I got a remote control car. Uh, but my parents, they used to do me so wrong. Like, like, I love y'all. 
They ain't give me the remote. I ain't have a turbo hopper that like I could stand in one place and I could just see that thing go. I had the one with the string from the remote all the way and I had to run behind the car. Like, what is that? It's not a remote control car. That's bondage. Give me this bondage. I was, I was a little chubby. I think they were trying to get me to work out. I think, nah, ah, I figured you out. I figured you out. But like with any, any toy like that, the worst thing to happen on Christmas Day is to get a toy. Like that's the most evil thing you could do to somebody. Son, I got you what you wanted. Yes, where's the batteries? No. Like the toy is pointless without the batteries. What's the point of having this awesome thing called life if we have no access to power? You get one life to live and you gotta live it to the fullest. But so many people are living because they just have no power. What's like, what really, what's the point, man? You ever heard people say, I feel powerless? It's because they lack the Holy Spirit. But God just doesn't give us power. He gives us power for a purpose. Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 8 says, and you were, this is Jesus, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to do what? Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power is never just for power's sake. Power is for purpose's sake. We talked about this last week. God wants to fill you because he has something he wants you to do. And the first thing he gave power for was for witness. He wanted us to go out and preach the good news. I'm not saying you have to be a pastor. You don't have to preach to preach, but let your life preach for you. What are you using your power for? Everyone can help someone. Everyone can do something, but you can't do it by yourself. You have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Power is for a purpose, but the Holy Spirit is not just about power. It's about control. It's about control. Hear, hear me when, when I say that. Speaking in tongues, as I was talking about earlier during the worship, it's an act of submission. Like you have to you have to relinquish control to gain control, but that's the oxymoron of the Bible. That's the paradox of the, of the Bible. You know, you have to lose your life to gain your life, right? This is, this is, this is the paradox of the gospel. Speaking in tongues is an act of submission, and, and, and here's, here's, here's why we need control, especially as it pertains to tongues. It's like, why is tongues such a thing? Like, why do I have to speak in a language, an angelic language that is, that, that is not known to me in, in order to show control? It's interesting that it's tongues that is the symbol of control because God is saying, you don't know how to use your words well, so allow me to speak through you so I can use your words perfectly. He's using, he's using words. As a matter of fact, he doesn't want us to mess it up so much. He's like... As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you access to words you don't even know the meaning to. You, you have no understanding about. Why is it tongues? Because the Bible says the tongue is the most unruly thing in your entire body. James 3. Some of y'all got a mouth on y'all.
Some of y'all see me in church, see me at church. Pastor, how you doing? You so good. Oh, Pastor, I love you, man. Then you out in the world and you done cuss somebody worse than somebody. You mother father. Yeah. I'm saying it because it's true. You be blessed and highly favored up in here, but your mouth be out of control when you get out of here. The Bible says in James 3, 5, 10, it says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is. It's, consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. A world of evil. James is telling us this among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and it and is itself set on fire by hell. Our mouths got problems. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we can praise the Lord and Father, and with it we can curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Why I got to speak in tongues? Because you need to learn some new words. You need to learn some new words. Your tongue can literally set the course of your life. The world was spoken into existence. There is life and death in the tongue. Why not allow your tongue to be guided by the Spirit? Like, your mouth is an on and off switch to your power. Like, some of us literally walking around speaking death. I love Nicole, who I know is sitting here, who was up here early, and I talked about this before. She is the queen of the things she says with her tongue. You be working out, you be like, oh, I'm dying. She's like, no, you living. I'm like, Lord Jesus. I have never known another human being in life that is so intentional. Her and Keyshawna. The other night, Keyshawna was over my house with, with Joe and then watching uh, that, that, that game seven. I ain't gonna lie, like I take basketball personally. I be sweating like I'm on the court. And we, man, they, they was hitting us with some runs. I ain't gonna lie, I was mad. I was mad. Keyshawna in the background and she guessed in my house, so I'm like, I can't let her see how mad I am right now. Cause she in the background, I don't feel the energy in this room. Come on guys, we're one play away. Defense, defense. Jalen Brown busting threes in our eye. Defense, defense. I'm sitting there in my spirit, Kishana. I never say this out loud. I was like, shut up Kishana, shut up Kishana. Kishana. Defense, yeah go team. I'm mad. I'm like mad. I love you. But you know the funny thing, though? 
as mad as I was the moment she was doing that, I felt like, I felt like the team was hearing her through the TV because every time she went on one of them runs, the Miami Heat went on run. She literally changed the energy of the room with her words. Our words are so powerful, but we use them so frivolously. And the Bible talks about this. Like, at, 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 the, at the end of the day, my mouth is the on and the off switch to my power. I got to start praying that my will and God's will align. I got to stop praying for what I want and I got to start praying for what God wants. Sometimes we pray for what we want and we get disappointed and we stop praying. We stop. Once again, the on and off switch. You cut off your power. What if, what if the fact that you were praying wasn't wrong? What if I just told you you've been praying for the wrong thing? You're praying your will. You're not praying God's will. If I pray my will, I might get it. But if I pray God's will, I always get it. I have learned that prayer is less about begging and pleading to God. Prayer is more about aligning my spirit with the spirit of the most high God. It's aligning my wants with the wants of the most high God. That's why I can understand when Jesus was going to the cross and about to die, the, the worst death on the planet. He says, God, not my will. Let your will be done. Because he knew what he wanted. He wanted to spare life. But God wanted something different. He wanted to spare us all. Not my will. Your will be done. Stop praying what you want and learn to pray so that what you want becomes what God wants. You see, How do you know that something's God's will for your life? Because even when it's bad, it still has a purpose that's good. For the Bible says, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Not my purpose. His purpose. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all in this room can raise your hand and say, I know God's perfect will in my life? No one. But here's, here's the reality. You, you may not know God's perfect will for your life, but does it make his will any less real? Like, just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not real. Like, his will for your life is beyond the realm of human understanding. Like, like if you laid it all out in front of you, you might just die because you couldn't take it all. Like, you, you, could, you couldn't fully fathom it. or get, Like, some of you just thinking about where you are right now. You're like, God, how could this be? And you have no idea that today is a setup for tomorrow. God, why am I homeless today? So that you can appreciate the riches tomorrow. But if I gave you the riches, if I gave you the riches today, you would squander it tomorrow. You got to understand, God doesn't lay out the whole thing for you. You got to stop praying for your will and pray for his will, even if you don't understand it. Because just because you don't understand it does not make it not his will. Just because something is beyond the realm of my understanding or interpretation does not make it less real. What does that do with speaking in tongues? 
I've traveled around the world, myself and my wife, I've been everywhere, North America, South America, Australia, Africa, I've been all kinds of places. One of my favorite places to go is Thailand. I love Thailand, but I don't understand a word that anybody is saying when I'm over there at all. As I sit around, I just listen. I listen to conversations and people be having full on conversation, hand gestures. And I'm sitting there like, what are they saying? Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that their conversation is not real. Wherever you go in the world, when you hear something, there's real communication going on there. Just because you don't understand it does not make the communication any less real. For the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 2, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. And indeed, no one understands them. They utter the mysteries of the Spirit. Don't leave church when I say this. Some of you want your prayers to be said in your own language and your own language only because you're not praying to God, you're praying for people to hear it. I'ma just. See, when you're praying for people to hear it, you're concerned about how you say it. You're concerned about what you say. So speaking tongues is a mystery to you. You say, that's foolishness. That's babble. How are they going to congratulate me on my prayer if they don't understand what I'm saying? I'll be nicer. Come back next week. When you speak in tongues, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people. I don't pray to people. I've never prayed to people because people can't answer my prayer. I pray to God. No one may understand it, that they uttered mysteries by the Spirit. The Bible calls it perfect communication. It is literally Spirit speaking the Spirit. Second Corinthians says there's a deposit of the Spirit placed in all of us guaranteeing what is to come. God allows his, the only reason God allows the Holy Spirit to be on you is one, to give you life, but two, to be able to communicate with him directly. It's a direct line of communication to God. And so many of us don't tap into it. It's like, oh God, my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Because you're praying for people. You're not praying to God. You see, when you pray to God, it's a language no one understands. And it's not even just a language no one understands. It's praying the perfect will. I may be saying words when I speak in tongues, it may be an angelic language. It may be a language that is not foreign to this earth. That I, Like if I just started speaking Mandarin right now, that's me speaking in tongues. Let me tell you why. Because I have never learned Mandarin in my life. If the Spirit just enables me to do that, that's, that's me speaking in tongues because I have no knowledge of what I'm saying. But God wants me to perfectly communicate with him. But sometimes it may not be an earthly language. Sometimes, literally, it may be a heavenly language that no one has ever heard before. 
I cannot even tell you the number of languages on this earth, but God can still give you a new, a new language that we have never invented yet. To talk, to, like it's God. Is it really that hard for him to make a new language for you to just talk to him to? I've seen people remember, like there's one teacher online that remembers like a million handshakes for every person that comes into her class. Why? Because that gives them a direct connection to that student. Why can't God give you a special language to have a direct connection just to him? This is what this thing is. And, it's, and once again, sometimes, as my wife pointed this out yesterday, sometimes when we speak in tongues, um, it, it sounds very repetitive to people. Remember when we were talking about that? So I might say, that may sound very weird to you. Or some people may say, I'm just making that up as I'm, as I'm saying that. And you're like, man, that sounds really repetitive. How are we fully communicating to God and it just sounds like you're just saying a bunch of repetitive babble? Well, it makes me think about other things that I heard Jesus say. And he talked about a widow. He talked about a widow that would go and knock on the door of a judge every single day and ask for the same stinking thing every day. And the judge did not respond to her because of how she asked. The judge responded to her because he got so annoyed. And she was asking for the same thing every day. Let me tell you something, and I am guilty of this, and me and my wife always say, thank God for the prayers we don't have to pray no more. Because when we pray, we are so repetitive. I'm going to keep knocking on God's door about the same doggone thing until it's done in Jesus' name. And the difference between me and you is that you just may give up on your prayers too easy. You might get tired of saying it, but God never gets tired of hearing it. He just wants to know that you have the persistence to keep asking for his will, not your will because if you believe it and you have the faith, then you will continue to ask even when it seems hopeless, even when it seems like it don't make no sense, when everybody else tell you to give up, you gonna keep on asking because you got the faith and your spirit to be repetitive enough about it knowing that if you keep asking it shall be done in Jesus name so forgive me if my tongue sounds repetitive I'm probably praying for something that has not happened yet that God wants to see if I'm going to give up on or not y'all learning something okay <laughs> It's perfect communication. So yeah, it may sound repetitive, but nobody can understand it except for God. I love this because it reminds me, when I was growing up, my sister, I love my sister. Tracy, how you doing? She live in North Carolina. She watching. I know she is. I love you. My sister's six years older than me, so I was a pesky little brother. I'm the youngest. I sneak in her room. I do all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to read her diary, all kinds of stuff. So little brothers do. It's fun. Just messing with her. And um, my sister used to get so annoyed with me because her friends used to come to the house and they developed a language that I did not understand when they wanted to talk about stuff because, man, I was a snitch back then. I ain't even going to lie. I don't know. It's something about snitching on siblings that just feels so sweet. Just watching them get in trouble. Just, ah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> 
<laughs> and when my sister didn't want to get in trouble and didn't want me to know what she was saying, she was speaking pig Latin. It used to be so annoying. Like, I still can't. It's like, elepe, elepe, elepe. Like, what? It used to be so annoying. And I could never, I could never figure it out. And I love that because that's what it sounds like to the enemy. When you don't want the enemy to decipher what you're talking to God about, you got to speak in a language that he does not understand. Some of you feel, I know there's people in this room that feel like the devil always in your business. You know why he always in your business? Because you speak in his language. You're saying stuff he can understand. Oh, this is where she going to be? That's where I'm going to be too. This is what he believe in the God for? I'm going to make sure I get in the middle of that and mess that up. But when you speak in that angelic language, the enemy don't know what you're talking about. He don't know where you're going to be. He can't pick you out of a crowd. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipowerful. Like he got to know your business to be picking on you. Stop speaking in a language the enemy can understand. You speak in a language that is higher. You speak in a heavenly language that is greater, that prays the perfect will of God no matter how repetitive it is because at the end of the day, the enemy's schemes cannot thwart you because he has no idea what you and God are up to. And finally, say, what is it? Why do I need it? How do I use it? This is the one. You suspended your disbelief for so long, you like, all right, I hear you, you make it sense, but like, we always get to this part. How do I use it? Using spiritual gifts is never something that happens without control. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I t like, God is not going to, like, grab your lips and start going like this. It's not going to happen. So if you're waiting on that, I'm telling you right now, that's not going to happen. Because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Control. God wants to give you access to the gifts, but he also wants to give you the wherewithal, the awareness, and the discipline to be able to use them in the right moments. So you have self-control. Using spiritual gifts never happens without control. Here's the Bible to back that up, 1 Corinthians 14, 32. It says, the, spirit, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. You're prophetic. You're a prophet. When you got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you have a gift, a prophetic gift in you that is subject to your control. It is subject to your control. For God is not a God of disorder, but peace. Like God's not gonna allow like a battle within himself to happen within you. God's not gonna fight himself inside of you. God's not gonna fight you to use him in you. He wants to work with you. He wants to be a partner, a paraclete. Someone that comes alongside you. That's what, the, that's what the Holy Spirit is, the Greek, paraclete. I talked about that last week. 
wants to come alongside of you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. Say, hey, if this is what you choose to do, I will do it with you, but I'll do it better than you would do it by yourself. It's not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations of the Lord's people. And if you, if you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 14, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go to it just so you know that I'm not lying. And it's one of the reasons that you have probably never heard me intentionally speak in tongues out loud to the congregation. I'm going to tell you the biblical reason for it because I want you to understand that I am trying to uh, have God's word be the authority in this place and not my word. It says, let me see here. We talk about it in 1 Corinthians 14. Spirit of the prophets is subject to control of the prophets for God is not a God of disorder. But then he goes on to say, Excuse me for a second. Hmm. Isn't this fun? I'm actually like looking in my Bible for something. Here we go. First Corinthians 14. Chapter, chapter 14, verse 2. For anyone, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. I already read you that verse. Verse 3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Verse 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. I would like for every one of you to speak in tongues. But, you hear that? I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. What's Paul doing in 1 Corinthians? There's a lot of craziness that was happening in the Corinthian church, and Paul was battling false doctrine. And what he was trying to do was set proper guidelines for worship. So, when you are in a church or a congregational setting, if you hear somebody speaking in tongues out loud for the entire congregation to hear, we all need to stop. And we need to pray that an interpretation comes forth. Because if it does not happen, then that person, the Bible says, only edifies themselves. Because that was a prayer between them and God. Like, I don't want y'all in me and God business. So you won't hear me do that out loud to you. And if I do, I'm going to believe that someone with the gift of interpreting tongues is in the audience so that they can interpret the message. Because if that message is interpreted, God has a, a congregational message for all of his people to hear. I want, I want to, I don't want, I, like, because some of y'all have seen stuff in church like that your whole life and nobody ever explained it to you. There's the biblical reference because why am I, why am I telling you this? There's a code of conduct. There's an order to it. 
and it must be done with control. It does not, it, I, I've never read anywhere in here where, and once again, if you do this, that's fine. That's how the thing, that's how the spirit's working through you. It does not say when the spirit break out, we must backflip and we must, we, no. It teaches about the order. God will never give you a gift and not tell you how to use it. I want you to understand that. I'm not making fun of these things. Once again, I think that people have to allow the spirit to move through them based upon the stuff that they're going through. Some people just got to release, man. And I get that. So I'm not knocking that. I'm just giving you a biblical standard that is set here by Paul, the apostle Paul. And I believe that this is the true word of God. Yeah, he might have put it in our hearts to write it down, but this is God's word. And God has order in everything that he does. Amen? So God's not going to move your mouth. It won't happen out of order. The spirit, what I found, and I speak in tongues constantly. There's, man, there's stuff that happened in my family this week. And I'm, I'm like, God, I have no more earthly words to put to that issue. I don't even know how to pray about this, so I speak in tongues. And I'm believing that God knows how broken my heart is about stuff, and he's praying exactly what he needs to hear to help me. Just being real with you on that. I speak in tongues a lot, all the doggone time. Okay, so it's not weird to me. It just is what it is. But I know why I'm doing it. What you'll hear in your spirit and in your heart, you're going to hear sounds. You're going to hear words. Y'all can play keys, man. Like a long time ago. <laughs> You're going to hear stuff in your spirit. But what happens is, how many of you ever heard a, a word in your heart, but then you begin to question it in your mind? You know God, something in your gut. I know I got to do this. But then it goes from here to here, and you're like, well, how can I do that? I ain't got the money for that. What about this? What about that? What about that? You know what happens? Then if the enemy cannot mess with your heart but the mind is his playground so he takes things that you've heard here and when they get here this is where he messes with you that's why Romans says do not conform to the patterns of this world will be transformed by the renewing of your didn't say heart said mind because people got some messed up minds these days so they'll know something to be true in their heart but then they'll try to over-rationalize it in their mind. God will give you some words, an angelic language, all kinds of stuff. And you're like, God, I know. But then you get here and you're like, that sounds stupid. They're going to laugh at me if I say that. Nah, this don't make no, this makes no sense to me. This can't be real. That's the enemy lying to you. Because what is he? He's the author of what? Yeah, he wants to confuse you. And we're living in a very confused world. Because people want to overanalyze things that they already know to be true in their heart. So you're going to hear things in your heart, in your spirit. They're going to go here and they're going to process. And if you can get past the process, the words of the spirit are supposed to go from here to here to here. You got to speak them out. Because the words do no good if they're here and they get stuck here. Eventually, they have to come out here. That's why, it's, that's why it's called speaking in tongues, not thinking in tongues. You have to speak it out. 
I'm not saying speak it out for the world to hear it. No, I'm not saying that. There's congregational settings where once again, we're all going at it and you can't decipher one word because everybody's going at it. But the words have to go from your heart to your mind and eventually you have to take action and they must come out of your mouth. But 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 says, the natural man does not accept these things that come from the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him he cannot understand them it's funny that they're only foolish because we can't understand because they are spiritually discerned the spirit man judges all things but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him but we all have the mind of Christ you can't use the gifts of the Spirit without the mind of Christ because he's going to put words in your heart and they'll get to your mind but if you don't have the mind of Christ you won't have the boldness to speak them out of your mouth you must have the mind of Christ what is the mind of Christ it's the thing that I talked about when we started this message the mind of this Christ for you and me is the mind of a child we must come as a child because child, children have faith. Children, they don't build up walls. Children build bridges to the impossible. Children have imagination. Children don't allow things to hold them back. Children believe that they can be whatever they want to be. But children also have a connection with their parents. This is not going to resonate with you if you are not a child. I'm not talking about physically a child. I'm talking about having the heart of one. Because only a child has a connection to their father. <laughs> Children have this unquestionable connection. It doesn't last forever. But there's a time where you can, you can tell your kids anything because your kids think you're the strongest, smartest, greatest person on the entire planet. But over time, as they get older and we get older, we begin to lose their trust because they see how real the world is. But Jesus said, you want to come to me, you got to come like a child because there's a connection that children have their fathers I couldn't really think of another way to describe it there's a video that came out a couple years back and you've seen it already but I'm gonna show it to you again but when I see it I see the connection between a child and a father and if you really want to understand the things of the spirit and you really want to understand speaking in tongues this is a, a great picture of what us and God look like I want you to look at this video Did you understand it though? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> huh? Oh, not, not this one. This is some this is real now. Yeah, this last one. That's what I was wondering. I don't know what they're going to do next season because they did some stuff this time. 
exactly what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, don't bring that in. You know what I'm saying? Don't do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah. Like, go somewhere else with that, but don't break here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I said. Then it was like, ah, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, what in the world? But don't do it here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. impact on you like your father however that young man is, is an amazing example of what a father is that's why I take being a father so seriously because there's a connection that I have with my child that I ain't got with nobody else and there's a connection that child has with his father that he ain't got not one of us in that room knew what that baby was saying but that father did he was like ah, ah, ah. there's something about the connection between a child and a father and I love that picture of that video because none of us knew what that baby was saying to that daddy. But that daddy knew exactly what that baby was saying to him. And was able to have a connection with him on a level all of us watching it can't even understand. That's what you look like when you speak in tongues. It's exactly what you look like. We may giggle, we may laugh on the outside looking in. But you have a connection with your dad that no one can take away from you. Some of y'all had a hard time watching that because how your earthly father treated you. Even more of a reason for you to grab onto this spiritual gift because you need to understand that your heavenly father always understands you even if your earthly father didn't. I'm not worried about how I sound to everybody else. As long as I got my connection with my daddy, nothing else really matters. You say, Pastor, I see that. That's such a beautiful picture and I want that. But it's still so hard to believe. You believe in creation that the world was created in seven days. You believe David killed a giant with a slingshot and a stone. You believe that God brought plagues upon Egypt to let his people go. You believe Jonah 
was in the belly of a fish for three days. God spit him out to go preach somewhere. You believe Noah got two of every animal on the planet, including the roaches, and put them on the ark. You believe that, but you can't believe you got a connection with your father? You believe God wrapped himself in flesh and came to this earth as Jesus, and you believe that on the third day after crucifixion, he rose again and sits at the right hand of the Father. You believe that, but you don't believe that God could send the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with you so that you can have perfect communication to him? I'm asking you to suspend your disbelief for a moment for you to have a deeper relationship, better yet, for you to go to the next level with your father. If you want to go to the next level, there's a language that you can have with your father that nobody else knows. Where you're not praying your will anymore, but you're praying his perfect will. And the enemy can't decipher. He can't get all up in your business. It's going to help you to understand the deeper spiritual things of this world that the world can't give you answers for. I may not understand everything about the Spirit, but I love living empowered by Him. And today, if you want the power of the Holy Ghost and you want it to manifest itself, the evidence of speaking in tongues, you got to first surrender. You got to surrender. Because it's not going to happen if you hold on to your pride. It's not going to happen if you hold on to your cool. It's not going to happen if you hold on to all your issues. You must surrender them. You must let them go. Because the only thing stopping some of us from reaching the next level is the weight we're holding on to at this level. It's time to let it go say so how do I do that you can't even talk about tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you have first not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior it, it's a requirement you got to receive him in your heart maybe you have done that maybe you've just been running away it's time to come home today so there's three calls I'm going to make and the first is this if you've never received Jesus Christ with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're ready to let go, you're ready to surrender your life completely to Him. No more games. Because if you surrender, I promise you, there's a Father in heaven that loves you and understands you like nobody else, and He just wants to be there for you. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, if that's you, with nobody looking around on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Yep, I see you. Yep. My next call is this. Maybe you made that decision a long time ago, but you know you ain't living right. Your tongue been out of control. You've been doing all kind of craziness. It's time to fully surrender your life. You might have partially surrendered, but it's time for you to fully surrender. It's time for you to come back home to Jesus. You want to know that you know that you know that your life is with him on the count of three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. Yep, I see you. I see you. I see you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My last call is this. You say, Pastor, I know Jesus. I'm living for Jesus, 
but I want access to that power you're talking about. I want access to that language. I want to have communication with my father so I stop praying my will and start praying his will. If that's you, on the count of three, you want to speak in tongues because you don't care no more about what people around you think. If that's you, you want to have access to the perfect will of God, perfect communication to your father. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. Yep. Yep. A lot of hands in this room. I want everybody standing. Everybody standing. I made three different calls. First time salvation, coming back home to Jesus, or you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. On the count of three, any one of those calls, I want you to come down to this altar right now. One, two, three. Come, come, come. Jesus said, you deny me before man, I'll deny you in front of my father. Come, come, come. It's no shame. Come, come to the center. Come, come, come. Any one of those calls. Any one of those calls. I need Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus or I want to be filled with power. I want that power you're talking about. I want that heavenly language. I don't want the enemy to know what I'm talking about. I don't want them all up in my business no more. Come. Come. Stop being shy. I'm telling you, some of y'all just, just won't surrender, man. Just come. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so proud of each and every one of y'all that came down to this altar. I'm so proud of y'all right now. I want you to look at your neighbor because we do this all the time. You say, hey, I know it's scary to go down there, but if you're scared, I'll go with you. They say, grab them by the hand and walk them down right now. Come, look, look at your neighbor right now. Ask them, ask them, ask them. See, yeah, uh, there's a, uh, I see you. I see you. Yeah, yeah uh-huh, yep. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. First prayer I'm going to pray is a prayer for repentance, salvation. Because you cannot access, you cannot access what I've been talking about this whole time. This, and once again, let me say this. You speaking in tongues or not has no bearing on you getting to heaven, okay? This is like icing on the cake. This is like whipped cream on the coffee. This is like, I'm sick of being bullied and beat up. I need, I need some extra power, man. I need some batteries. I'm here, but I need some battery. That's what that is, okay? I want you to know that. There will be people in this room that speak in tongues. There will be people that will not speak in tongues. That's okay, because maybe God has some other spiritual gift that he wants to unlock, unlock in you. I told you, it's not just speaking in tongues. Paul talks about it. He's like, hey, it may be better that you prophesy, or it may be better that you have the interpretation of tongues, which is another gift, because then it can help edify all of us. Amen? So don't leave this thinking, oh man, I went up there and I ain't get it. Maybe God has another gift for you. Or it might not happen in this setting. You might be sitting at home and the Spirit of God just comes over you with nobody watching. Because it ain't about the people that see you make it happen. It's about what God wants to do with you. Not what, what happens when everybody sees but I do believe that the Holy Spirit will empower you to live a life out loud that everybody will see so they can see God's power through you. So first, I'm going to pray for salvation. Is that okay? 
I want everybody to repeat this prayer to me. Maybe you're down here, raise your hands. It's just a sign of surrender. That's what we're singing. Maybe you out there, reach your hands towards them. Or maybe you say, man, I couldn't come down there, but I still, I, I wanted to. You raise your hands up too. And I want everybody here online to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Don't clap. People just got saved. Praise God. See, that sign says, welcome to the family. That's what you are. Usually I would have you leave and you go out there and talk to them. But you're going to do that after we do this next part. Because some of y'all came down he's like, yo, I got to get saved before I can even get this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to dismiss everybody after we're done. And I promise, listen, we don't have to belabor this. People don't have to fall out and all that stuff. Listen, listen, if that's how it manifests, that's how it manifests. But I'm telling you, we're going to pray. I can't say a magical prayer for you to talk in tongues. I'm just telling you that right now. For everybody in this room, it is not my prayer that's going to release this thing in you. It's going to be your surrender. Your faith and your surrender will release it. You're going to hear the words here. They're going to get here. The enemy going to say, that's stupid. Don't say that out loud. That preacher man just making you act foolish. Don't say that out loud. And you say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And you speak out whatever's on your heart. It might be one syllable. It might be a word. It might be a paragraph. Some of your mouth might not even stop moving. Whatever it is, just speak it out. Do not let the enemy confuse you. That's what he wants. He wants to stop you right here. It's like you came down. That's embarrassing enough. You're going to let this man embarrass you more? It ain't me. Perfect prayer. I, I Listen. I wasn't going to talk about this on purpose, and I'm not asking for sympathy. My family's had a hard week this week. One of our close family members just passed away, and we'll be going to that funeral. And when I say close, it's close for all of us. And it was one of those things that it just so, it happened all of a sudden, and I honestly had no words. Remember we talked about the five stages of grief last week? I'm still in denial. Can I be honest with you? I'm, I'm still, it's like, nah, that ain't happened. Until I'm at the funeral, I'll probably be like, no, that ain't happening. I, I couldn't fathom words that I know to pray about it. Haven't been able to. I don't even know what to say, say to God about it. So you know what I did? I started praying in the Holy Ghost. Because it's the only thing that I can muster. I'm not strong enough to be eloquent about this subject of death and grief as it pertains to me and my family. So I said, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost because it's all I got. I need you to understand how powerful it is and how freeing it is to know you got options when you feel like you ain't got options. When you don't know the words to say, when you don't know the words to pray, when nobody's word can encourage you, you can talk directly to the Father and He can fill up your spirit like nobody else can.
I'm just being honest. I'm still in denial, but I trust God. So I pray in the Spirit. So if you want to speak in that language, raise your hands in the air right now. Surrender. Surrender. I'm going to pray. And all you have to do, when, it, when the words come to you, do not speak in the language you know. Begin to utter out. The, word, the, the music's going to be loud enough, so nobody's going to hear you, so we don't need the interpretation, okay? It's just going to be us praying in tongues, but nobody's going to hear a specific thing. And, don't, and, if you, and if you're worried about what somebody next to you thinking, you've missed everything I've said for the last hour. I'm trying to give you a way to communicate with God when you have no other way. So I'm going to pray. And as I pray, whatever's in your heart, when it gets here, don't let it get stuck. You have to open out your mouth and pray it out. They're going to worship so that nobody can hear what you're saying. They're going to worship loud. If you're out there and you speak in tongues already, speak in tongues for your brothers and sisters. Okay? Well, and just start praying. There's people that are already intercessors. They're going to walk through the crowd. They're going to touch you so that so if they touch you, it's just because they're believing with you. Okay? So on the count of three, I'm going to pray. If you feel it in your spirit, let it out your mouth. Father God, I thank you. But you are great and worthy to be praised. God, well, we don't know what else to say. Well, we don't know what else to pray. We can pray in the Spirit with utterances and groans that can only be understood by you. God, I pray that the baptism of the Holy Spirit will fall upon this place. On this Pentecost Sunday, I pray that we would not be shy, that we would not be timid, but we would speak out the words that are in our heart, God, words directly from the throne room of grace itself. Perfect communication, praying the will of God. God, I pray for the person right now that has anxiety, that has fear, that is timid. God, that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete will give them a confidence and boldness to know that they can talk to their God and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So God, release release your power release your spirit in this place in jesus name come on begin to speak out that language speak it out in jesus name open your mouth speak it out speak it out in jesus name
all. Speak it out. If you already speak in tongues, speak out loud to help make our brothers and sisters comfortable. Come on. Oh, I hear a sound in this room. Oh, we sowing a sound in the heavenlies right now. Come on. Speak it out with boldness. Come on. God hears you directly. Don't let the enemy take your sound away. Don't let him take your sound away. Come on. It's the most aggravating thing we can do to the enemy right now. Father God, you hear the cries of your children that no one can understand but you, God. God, I pray that everybody praying in tongues right now, God, you're hearing them in their situation. And they are praying your perfect will. God, I thank you for the ones that have gotten it. And the ones that haven't, God, I'm still believing for that miracle. Whether it's here, whether it's in the car ride home, whether it's when they're alone in their quiet time, God, if they want that gift, God, I pray you would give them that gift. Give them a way to navigate life when they don't know what else to do, when they don't know what else to say, when they don't know what else to pray. God, let them pray in a language that is understood by their heavenly Father. And God, we thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. For we stand on the power of Pentecost. God, we know that you have not left us powerless. Lord, we know that you have left us powerful. So God, as we are about to leave this place today, we want to seal this thing with worship. We want to seal this thing with praise. God, we want to seal this thing in victory. So we're going to worship you with a sound one last time that shakes the gates of hell in Jesus' name. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathes with 
so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.